This is Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Animals, 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 crazy animals. A rat named Magawa has been given an Animal Bravery Award for sniffing out dozens of landmines in Cambodia. Magawa received a gold medal from the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, a veterinary charity in the United Kingdom, making the first rodent in the nonprofit's history to earn this distinction, a gold medal for Magawa. We know from a previous show that zebras have striped skin that matches their fur. Yes. So the fur is striped, but their skin is also striped. So what do you think about tigers? Oh, my. <laughs> what do you think about tigers and leopards? Oh, my. They get, they share the same exact trait. Oh. Their skin is either spotted or striped just like zebras. So it's not the hair that that is actually, you know, I mean, it's the skin that's the pattern that comes out in the fur, kind of like the gray in my beard. <laughs> yes. Beauty is skin deep. It is. <laughs> I was going to say I have gray hair too, but I'm not going to say where. Uh, <laughs> as the streets of San Francisco, I think it was a, an old TV show, The Streets of San Francisco. Welcome, Dano. As it, no, that was uh, Hawaii Five O. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Streets of San Francisco, wasn't that with the big nose? Carl Malden. That's right. Carl Malden. He's the guy that had all the American Express travelers' checks. Don't leave home without it. Mm. So, uh, speaking of digressing, uh, the streets mm -hmm. of San Francisco's emptied out in the first months of the pandemic in the spring of 2020. The city's male birds began singing more softly and improving their vocal range, making them sexier for female counterparts. This is according to a new study. This phenomenon where they're singing softer and making them sexier is called anthropause. When the city was loud, it was singing really loudly. But as the traffic grew to a halt following a statewide shelter-in-place order in the spring, like we said, noise level fell by 50%. So imagine that. Now if they can get the homeless off the street, they could turn around and the birds could whisper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is the most common name for animals? Like, for instance, like dogs. Dogs like Rex is a very popular name for a dog. Right. You know. But what about goldfish? Kids buy millions of goldfish every year. What do you think the most popular name for goldfish is? Gil? No, I thought something <laughs> like that too. Jaws. Really? Jaws. <laughs> Darn that is the most popular name given to goldfish. Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, smell you later. Slugs have not one, not two, not three, but four noses. And their noses are retractable. Two are for seeing and two are for smelling. They can be operated independently. This is, this is how talented these slugs are. A slug can gaze at you or smell you and a friend at the same time. I, I don't think you or I have that ability, do we? Yeah, my wife says, how do I look? And I go, hmm, very nice. <laughs> That's right. Like a bouquet. Uh, slugs are gooey and sticky and they leave a trail of slime wherever they go. And that slime is called a liquid crystal, by the way, and it also has the ability to slurp up water. Wow. Cool, cool. What is the fear of animals called? I didn't think there was a thing. Listen, this is so cheesy, but it's for real. 
It's called zoophobia. Oh. Is the fear of animals. And that's for real. It's called zoophobia. That's totally like not imaginative at all. They could have called it like lick a lock a loca locophobia. No. Speaking of going to the zoo, sometimes you'll see some chimps. And sometimes you'll see those chimps drinking fermented tree sap. Scientists <laughs> are studying these chimpanzees, these chimpanzees in Guinea, and they've seen evidence of long-term and recurrent ingestion of ethanol. There was a 17-year study recorded recording chimps, and it leaves to, and they're using their leaves to these uh, plants to drink the fermented. The the 17-year study recorded. I think you, I think you drank it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, uh, the, yes. I was visiting the chimp cage uh, before I started the show today. Uh, the 17-year yeah. study recorded chimps using leaves to drink fermented palm sap. Some drank high enough alcohol to produce what they called visible signs of inebriation. Yeah, they get um, what you calls it um, SUIs which is swinging under the influence. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it took me a couple of seconds to put that together. It's okay. Yes. I, think I had a little bit of that juice myself. <laughs> I think, I think they are swingers. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Remember as a kid catching fireflies in a jar. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Yeah. Okay. Cause I didn't No. No, no. Yes. I did. Yes. <laughs> well, get ready. Fireflies don't bite. They don't even have pincers like other flies. And here's the real cool thing. Fireflies, unlike other flies, don't carry any disease at all. They can't carry any diseases. Why? I don't know. They're so uppity that they won't even hang out with other flies because they think they're so much better. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's the upper fly and the lower class fly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. Up here in Canada, because I'm in Toronto, Canada, Roy is in uh, Florida. And uh, up here in Canada, we call these shoes running shoes or runners. Right. What the rest of the world calls them are sneakers. Or if you're in from Ohio or that mid-region of the United States, they call them tennis shoes. Well, all of these started during the late 1800s. People wore these shoes with rubber soles called plim soles, but they were really crude. The U.S. rubber company came up with a more comfortable rubber shoe with canvas tops during 1892 and called them Keds. You remember uh, Keds as a kid? The yeah, shoes were sure. named sneakers because the soles were so smooth that they allowed the wearer to sneak around silently. By 1917, the sneakers began to be mass-produced. And up here in Canada, like we mentioned, we call them running shoes. And in the mid-region of the United States, they call them tennis shoes. So so Keds were basically shoes with rubber soles. That's right. Which is what I do when I don't have sneakers. I just put condoms on my feet. Or listen to the <laughs> Beatles album, Rubber Soul. <laughs> hey, listen, if you folks want to really see some fashion, go to nickandroy.com and you get to see actual pictures of us. <laughs> That's right. This is this is the opposite of fashion. <laughs> in 1907, a woman was arrested on a beach in Boston for wearing, get ready, a one-piece bathing suit. Oh, my God, no. 
Now, this is a bad fact because we have no idea what this woman looked like. She could have been charged with indecent exposure for wearing a suit of armor, for all we know. <laughs> she might have been really bad. So the one piece could have possibly been something she shouldn't have worn. I'm not saying anything. Don't, don't send me your emails to nickandroy.com because no. I don't want to hear them. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> She's wearing a piece, a one piece. <laughs> <laughs> This is Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. During the 19th century, if you wore black and you weren't mourning for the death of someone, you would be considered dangerously eccentric. The women of the Victorian era were expected to dress in black mourning clothes for two years after their husband's death. And that started the tradition of wearing black at funerals in the West. Right. And guys were supposed to wear tuxedos because the party began. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Okay. you. You said black. Well, how's about this one? The little black dress that every woman has in her closet was compared to something as being the most simple and practical thing ever made. What was it compared to? And the clock is ticking. I'm asking Nick to. to, to. (laughs) Yeah, he's waiting for the audience to to mail. About as useless as useless information. (laughs) Yes, I put the useless and useless information. Yes. The little black dress compared to the Model T Ford as being one of the most practical and simple inventions ever made. Auga. (laughs) it's probably amazing how many of those little black dresses came off in a ford but we'll get to that in another show that's right they were disassembled in a manatee ford yes (laughs) what's up docs claus martens was a doctor in the german army during world war ii and as you know on this show if you're from germany what part of germany are you from While on leave in 1945, he injured his ankle while skiing in the Bavarian Alps. He found that the standard-issue army boots were too uncomfortable on his injured foot. While recuperating, Klaus designed improvements to the boots with soft leather and air-padded soles made of old tires. The shoes? Doc Martens. And and basically, so you're still drinking from the leaves because you said instead of souls, you said shoals. Did I? <laughs> yeah, and that's where Dr. Shoals came from. <laughs> hey, many designers and companies try to be ethically and environmentally sound. Yes. Kind of like you know who. Oh, those people? Look at all the pretty trees. I just want to hug them. All of the pretty trees. I know, I know. And let, let's just tell you this. They all try to be ethical and environmental. But Stella McCartney, daughter of Sir Paul McCartney, who is a designer, takes it to a new place. Instead of leather... All of her bags are made of woven corn. Or as the indigenous people say, these bag is made of maize. <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing fact. 
So what? She's got the only handbag with ears. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and the people who wear who wear them are usually husky. All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> or they put tobacco in them and smoke from them, yeah, like right. a cob pipe. <laughs> Send your, send your complaints to useless at nickandroy.com. Uh, bow ties. A person who collects ties is called a grapatologist. 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 Right? That's right. The days that bring the most visitors to the video on YouTube, how to tie a bow tie. That's what they search. How to tie a bow tie are New Year's Eve, Christmas, Halloween, Valentine's Day, and National Bowtie Day, which is August 28th. In uh, Germany, they collect woolen socks in a town called Liechtenstein. <laughs> Listen, logos are everything in fashion, like Louis Vuitton and Michael Kors. I mean, you could pick those logos from a mile away. What was the first fashion logo ever? And if you get anything out of this show, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I- I'm, not even gonna the- try- I'm not going to try to guess. Yeah, it was the Lacoste crocodile. Oh. And how funny, you know what the second was? The little person logo for the crocodile clothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Lacoste crocodile was the first actual logo when people would say, oh, that's a Lacoste sweater, you know, because they had the little little um, crocodile on it. That's pretty cool. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Thank you for joining us. We're in more nations than you can shake a stick at. And now for something completely useless. The first ever patent ever written. Now, patents are, you know, basically it's like a registration of if you come up with an invention or something. So I thought, I was thinking one day, because, you know, I have lots of time to think. I mean, the smoke coming from his headphones just now. That's right. <laughs> so I was thinking, what was the first ever patent? Well, it was on July 31st, 1790. It went to Samuel Hopkins. He was issued the first patent for a process of making potash, an ingredient used in fertilizer. The patent was signed by President George Washington. Oh, wow. In 1790. Yeah, that is pretty cool. See, that's pretty cool. It is. Hey, listen, folks, if you go to nickandroy.com, you not only get to see pictures of us, uh-huh. but you can actually go through every single episode, all 59 or something, or 58 with all our specials, and we have all kinds of things on there. So go to nickandroy.com. You can even send us an email. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? We have an email from Mark, who lives in Costa Rica, which is cool. Hi, everybody in Costa Rica. One of our listeners. Yes, he must be one of our listeners because we have uh, some people who have downloaded this show on, uh, on one of their platforms from Costa Rica. Yes, yes. And he says he did go on NickAndRoy.com, which is cool. Nice. And he says that he's an expat from New York. He used to live in New York, and now he resides in Costa Rica, which, of course, is another country. He loves to listen to our show. He asked me, he asked me this question, which I found odd because he said he couldn't find an answer to it, and he had a bet with his wife. How long did the Pony Express operate for? 
And I said, wow, that's a good question because everybody knows the Pony Express, right? Right. Well, good question. And all of our listeners will be shocked at the answer. The Pony Express started in April 3rd, 1860, and it ended on October 24th, 1861. Oh. Okay. Get ready for this. This is a shocker. 18 months. And not only that, the company went bankrupt. The Pony Express was a disaster. Nobody really even wanted to send their mail through the Pony Express. That's why they went bankrupt. But writers wrote stories about it, which romanticized the writers as jumping off horses and they wouldn't stop and, you know, running the trail, the Oregon Trail. And it's an amazing blurb in history that grew larger than life simply because of romanticizing writers. Well, I think I, I figured out how the Pony Express went bankrupt. They didn't receive their payments because the check was in the mail. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And for more information, visit our website, nickandroy.com. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing in science. Science, science. Well, Nick, uh, well, I guess we have a theme in this show. Uh, we talk about penises. We talked about urine. Charging your phone with urine. Mm. Okay, so in case you're you're missing, you know, you ever you ever leave the house and you and you forget your phone charger? Well, here's a solution. Mm. Dr. Iropoulos from Bristol Robotics Laboratory claimed that one product that we can be sure of of an unending supply is your own urine. By harnessing this power as urine passes through a cascade of microbial fuel cells or MFCs, we have managed mm. to charge a Samsung mobile phone. The scientists believe the technology has the future its potential to be installed in bathrooms to harness the urine and protect and produce sufficient electricity to power showers, lighting, or razors, as well as mobile phones. Good old P. See, people thought I was nuts when I would put my phone on vibrate and stick it in my pants. <laughs> but it was a dual purpose. I was actually charging my phone yes, as well. well. <laughs> yeah, it's called wireless charging. <laughs> Nope, it was wired up, boy. <laughs> this is Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing in science, science, science. Every second, at least 100 million neutrons pass through a square centimeter of our body every second, a hundred million neutrons. Okay. That is insane. That's rude. If you think, if you really think about it, it's kind of rude because the neutrons could ask permission before they do that. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. And then Jesus, you're passing through my body. You might find that guy, Mr. Who's bladder. Exploding. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. And you talk about a neutron pee-pee dance. <laughs> <laughs> sunflowers. Scientists have discovered that sunflowers can pull radioactive contaminants out of the soil. Researchers cleaning up the Fukushima site in Japan were putting... Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Fukushima? Fukushima, yes. Really? Yes, Fukushima. <laughs> They're cleaning the Fukushima place? They are, yes. <laughs> They're cleaning the fuk out of it. That's right, they are. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> they are. Look, you're absolutely right. They're putting the flowers to the test. Sunflowers are really good at absorbing certain radioactive isotopes. As the sunflower plant grows, it's sucking the radiation right out of the soil. Thanks to Fukushima. <laughs> Watch it now. All right. Okay, pregnant women are amazing and nasty. Oh. <laughs> okay, but get this. By week 20, they will have 50% more blood in their body by week 20 of being pregnant. They produce it to help the growth of the baby because they need that amount of blood so that the baby can grow properly. 50% more blood in their bodies. You talk about a blood relative. Yes. <laughs> so um, you can find the clearest piece of ice and you can create fire with it. Okay? Fire. Wow. Fire and ice. Fire and ice. Exactly. Carve out a big chunk of ice, then shape the ice into a disc. Use the warmth of your hands to melt it into a smooth, round lens. Remember when you used to do this as a kid? Oh, Take a magnifying glass and yeah. set the ants on fire? Adjust yeah. the angle of the ice disc until the rays of the sunlight shine through it, and now you've created fire. Maybe that's how Mr. Wu blew his bladder up. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Who. When we have a drink... Or when Nick is drinking the monkey juice. <laughs> okay. It only takes six seconds for our brains to react to the alcohol, which explains why so many women look great like six seconds after you walk into a bar. <laughs> yes. I, can, I mean, yeah. six seconds. No wonder the monkeys have fallen out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Penguin poop from space. Scientists at the British Antarctic Survey found 61 emperor penguin colonies dotted around the southernmost continent, 11 more than the number previously confirmed. So they thought they had 50, but no, there are 61. How do they figure this out? British scientists say there are more emperor penguin colonies in Antarctica because of evidence of bird droppings spotted from space. <laughs> scientists use images from Europe's Sentinel-2 satellite mission to look for smudges on the ice that indicated large amounts of penguin poop. And that's how they figured out where these penguin emperor penguin colonies were situated. So the, the guy that found its name was Shh. So he said, oh, shh, look, there's more penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Mr. Who's first name was Shh. His, his first name was Shh. What is His your name? name Shoo. Shoo. <laughs> oh my God. I have a conspiracy here. Uh-oh. Did you know this? And this is a true fact again, because God knows Roy would never lie. No. Well, actually, who the hell knows what the hell we're saying on this show? <laughs> totally <laughs> useless information. <laughs> you figure it out. But here's a scientific fact. The continents are splitting and moving at the exact same speed that a fingernail grows. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Right. It moved. It did, <laughs> yes. I was I was moved by that fact. <laughs> you know, hold something... on, I have to charge my phone. <laughs> and now, from around the corner and around the world, this is T U. Here 
Kickers, Nook, and Roar. A man's bladder explodes after holding his pee for 18 hours. Okay. What? Yes. It exploded inside yes. of him? It is an incident that redefines sleeping it off. A Chinese man's bladder burst when he unknowingly held his pee for 18 hours. Boy, was he probably pissed off. Well, he was because he went on a drink binge. A monkey juice drink. That's right. He was a monkey juice drinker all night. The 40-year-old man, identified only as Mr. Who. <laughs> I love what? this. Who so. goes to court, he says, are you, what is your name? Who? You. <laughs> reportedly, that's Mr. Who. That's, that's right. Mr. Who to you. Mr. Who to you. Mr. Who said he reportedly fell asleep after downing 10 bottles of beer during a heavy drinking session the night prior, and, well, he never went to pee. Uh, so after experiencing searing abdominal pains, the lager logged soul reported. I love that the lager logged soul reported to the hospital where a, t a CT scan revealed that the bladder was torn in three different places. Mm -hmm. The pee-induced mm -hmm. pain was so intense that Hu was unable to lie flat, and he failed to relieve himself so massive, and so his he failed to relieve himself of his massive urine reservoir despite several attempts. So he couldn't even pee if he tried. So uh, according to some doctors, he'll be okay, but he's going to be uncomfortable for a little while. So thanks to Mr. Who. Please be careful. This is crazy stuff, Nick. Where do you come up with this? <laughs> <laughs> it's news from around the world. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Look what just walked in. Animal. Animal. So if you look up in the sky, way up in the sky, and you see birds, and they're flying, and they're flying in a V formation, did you ever wonder why? Um, no. <laughs> okay, then, so what do you got? <laughs> well, now tell us. Now we want to know. <laughs> okay. All right. The study was released. And it says that the birds choreographed the flapping of their wings. So it's choreographed, right? I could just see them in leg warmers now. Getting a boost from an updraft of air in the wake of the flapping wings by flying behind the first bird and off to the side. So when a flock of birds take advantage of these aerodynamics, they form a V. They're smart, those birds. Ah, uh, so the first bird gets in the front of the other birds and goes, okay, everybody, three, two, one. <laughs> okay. When playing with female puppies, male puppies will let them win. Can you imagine this? That the male puppies let the female puppies win? I think that's so cool. It is. And, uh, of course, you know why they win, because they just give them the puppy eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, have you ever seen a python eat? Uh, no. <laughs> well, if you do, you can check it out. He can swallow a rabbit hole and may eat as many as 150 mice. What? So let me get this straight. He swallows not only the rabbit, but the entire hole as well? That's right. The rabbit hole as well, where he's hiding. Past the rollades. <laughs> Okay, you tree-hugging hippie freaks. Okay, um, who plants more trees than anyone in the world? 
And you would think that these tree-hugging hippie freaks would know this, but they probably don't. It's squirrels. The little idiots forget where they buried the acorns that they were storing for the winter. So they bury acorns all over the place, and they forget where the hell they were. And then next thing you know, there's a tree growing. So some little annoying uh, squirrel makes those uh, annoying tree-hugging hippies happy. <laughs> drives them nuts. <laughs> this is Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Animals, 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 crazy animals. A panda at birth is smaller than a mouse and weighs only four ounces or the equivalent of a quarter pounder no cheese or bun at mcdonald's a panda weighs four ounces at birth yes smaller than a mouse ladies and gentlemen so that you know nick and i do not rehearse the show we don't rehearse we don't know what we're going to say because we actually want our reaction to what we're going to say, because otherwise we're really not funny when we're reading it. And we're really not funny in general, but... <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were going to say that. You brought up the panda, so I'm, I'm going to bring this up. If you kill a panda, you will receive the death penalty in China. Okay? Oh. That's right. You'll receive the death penalty. You could work a 10-year-old to death... That's no problem, but don't mess with those pandas. <laughs> so never my eye for an eye. It's panda for a panda. <laughs> oh so you ever hear the expression, if I were only a fly on the wall? So I heard that the other day, and they said, you know, in that particular meeting, if I were a fly on the wall, I'm thinking, well, why would you want to be a fly on the wall unless you wanted to know if the fly can hear? So I looked it up, and I found out that flies have exceptional hearing. The thing that makes them very special is the fly's ear is so small, according to Neil Hall, an assistant professor, he's a smart guy in in Texas. He says we have, we as humans, well, he's he's a a professor of electrical and computer engineering. He's a smart dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not just electrical, but computer engineering. He knows how to plug things in. (laughs) He knows how to hit hit control, alt, and delete at the same time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Smart. So we as humans have significant separation between our ears, some more than others. So sound arrives in one ear and a split second later before it enters the other. Sorry, it enters one. Let me try that again in English. It we, seems as like humans, it's entering one ear and going out the other with you. <laughs> that's right. But the fly's head is so tiny that its ears are separated by only a millimeter, which means it's the thickness of a fingernail. Ooh. So the sound arrives at the same time. The fly's hearing is exceptional. So the next time you, you want to be a fly on the wall, you'll hear everything. It's like, how's your life living in stereo? A prison in Washington state pairs up prison inmates with cats that are set to be exterminated. So the cats that are on the, the list to be euthanized or whatever, or felinized. They're part of the rehabilitation program that the prison in Washington has set forth. 
But I was thinking to myself, can you imagine the quote from one of the inmates? Like he'd say something like, I really like Lucky, said the death row inmate. <laughs> like yeah, these yeah. inmates are probably on death row and the, the cat got a pardon. <laughs> pardon? On the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Mm-hmm. So, your expressions every day. Do you? I love expressions. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. Those were the totally useless information singers. Yes. You know what's funny? You asked me that question. We don't even need like one of them time delay buttons because our brains work like a millisecond slow. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So hopefully... This show will go off without a hitch. Ooh, off without a hitch. So examples of a hitch could include a delay, as you just mentioned, difficulty or disruption. Another meaning of hitch, which is also related, is a snag. The word hitch has existed since the 1400s, and the expression without a hitch began rising in popularity in the mid-1800s. So if things went off without a hitch, went off without a snag, things went smoothly. Oh, wow. That's the real McCoy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The real McCoy, meaning the real thing. Most people think that it has to do with the Western Hatfields and McCoys. But it doesn't, which is why it's on the show. But no, (laughs) it is believed that it is from a Canadian businessman. So here we go again, Canada. I've got to come up with all these things. His name was Elijah McCoy, and he invented a better self-lubricating steam engine. Yes, I said self-lubricating. I'm glad you finished that sentence. (laughs) And (laughs) now he invented this self-lubricating steam engine, and his ad said, ask for the real McCoy. And because he had... uh, competitors and he didn't want you to buy the imposter so he said ask for the real McCoy that's how it got started well there you go Mr. McCoy thank you a fellow Canadian another invention we can put your money where your mouth is Ooh. put your money where your mouth is the expression first appeared in America in the 1930s or 40s they're not sure but they're still figuring it out the idea behind this idiom is that it's easy to talk about doing something but it's harder to do something about it. So therefore, if a person keeps talking about something that he or she thinks it's true, but does nothing to support it, someone might use this idiom on her or him. So before the expression existed, there were several others that were similar, like put your money where your faith is or put your money where your heart is, all meaning the same thing. Because if you care about something, you should support it with money or other actions. Put your money where your mouth is. Wow. That's pretty cool. How about this? The die is cast. What does that mean? The die is cast, meaning the decision is made. Well, Julius Caesar ordered his troops to cross the Rubicon River, which, by the way, is another one that I'll get to eventually. Cross the Rubicon. But um, he, he ordered his troops cross the Rubicon River, and his trusted generals asked if he had made the right decision and he said, it's too late. The die, the dice have been thrown. 
or translated from Italian, the die is cast. Very good. Hail Caesar. Hopefully they weren't in the red. In the red. It comes comes from from the practice of using red ink to denote debt or losses in a financial balance sheet. So businesses that are financially solvent are described as in the black because they would use black ink to put on their their financial balance sheet. Ah, so they they used red ink for losses. That's correct because... It was, it's like you're bleeding money, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I think right. that the accountant just looked at the uh, the person sitting across the table and said, a nod is good as a wink. In the 16th century, the phrase meant that you were in agreement. Any subtle signal was sufficient. Basically, what it meant is whether you nod or you wink, I understand. By the way, in the 16th century, it was thought to be a sexual statement. So I guess if you wanted to play around, a nod was as good as a wink, if you know what I mean. <laughs> this is all the time we have right now for this week's show. <laughs> totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Uh, don't you worry. We will scour the Internet far and wide to find more useless information for you. So in the meantime, go to NickandRoy.com, NickandRoy.com, and leave us a, uh, an email, too. And also, tell a friend about the trend. Thank you for that. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening.